you maybe owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You maybe owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Larder Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new used or just a repair, give Just Tires a call. 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. My life is hot rods, designing them, building them, and racing them. If you're into rods or customs, you'll know what I mean. It's all about passion, purity, and soul. Customs and hot rods like the SoCal Roadster is what we do. And insurance for cars like ours is what Shannon's do. Rods, customs, and even your daily drive. Call Shannon's on 134646 and tell them Jimmy and Pete sent you. Shannon's, insurance for motoring enthusiasts like us. Guess what we're going to do, guys? What? I'm betting it all on my rookies. I've had this thing in my mind for 15 years. Jimmy wants to have it his way. They're rebuilding my car. That truck is his baby. I wouldn't let us work on it. He thinks I'm crazy. I think changing the car now, I think that's a mistake. And that's just the start. You sit here and you make me feel like on a daily basis because I don't already know this You can't come into a place like this and have that kind of attitude. In my inspirational field trip, I want to see 200. Robert down on the course. It was horribly wrong. I just saw my good friend and crippled or dead. You don't know. Regrets? Man, I'm done. I'm done. I'll have a few. Are you firing me? Is Is that what's going on? I live my life in the fast lane. Building hot rods. Racing. Dodging trouble. You want to work for me? You better keep up. I'm giving four rookies that chance. I'm having technical difficulties under here. Richie's a self-described gangbanger. It's a really good opportunity to learn something from Jimmy. Sarah's a speed queen. I get into trouble. Then we're friends again. The rules don't apply for me. Do you see anything wrong with it? Mark does what he wants. It's correct. I really don't like the structure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dave is filled with anxieties. What the hell am I afraid of? I told myself I used to jump out of planes in the Army. All rookies in my shop have one thing in common. Come on now. A chance to reach their lifetime dream. Just to be here and to be working, it's absolutely amazing. A job at SoCal Speed Shop. I don't know how to start it. I'll train all of them, but only one gets to stay. It's not just about skill. See this attitude that you're giving me right now? Passion and potential. It's going to be a hard school. Richie, 
Sarah, Mark, and Dave. What did I get myself into? It's no ride along. You have to survive. It's my way or the highway. I'm Jimmy Shine. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your host, Robert, and we got a great, great, great show for you guys tonight. We have another TV celebrity car guy coming on a little later on the show, so this should be fantastic in terms of the interview. It should be really good. This guy's a real hot rider. Anyway, run your computers in Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live in the studio. All right, be sure and check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, be sure and check out our podcast, which is also geographically located on our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, okay? Visit our stuff page, too, because I still have some t-shirts left. I got some new ones in the works, and we still have some decals. So, anyway, Cedric, good evening. How are you? Good evening. I am well. You're well. Okay. Did the Saturn make it today? I did hear it squealing coming down the road. It made it. It made it. That's a good thing. All right. Wow. Hey, look, we had another busy weekend last weekend, I think. I can't remember exactly, but I'll tell you what's going on this weekend. Up at Road Atlanta, my favorite racing group, the HSR, Historic Sports Car Racing guys, are up there at the MIDI. It's called the Walter Mitty. It's a kind of a memorial race. Goes on every year, and it's uh, and it's happening at Road Atlanta. They've got three hundred plus vintage race cars. I mean, we're talking Ferraris, Porsches. We're talking Heelys. We're talking Jags. We're talking Mustangs. We're talking Camaros. We're talking Lolas, McLarens, Corvettes, MGs, Triumphs, Alfa Romeos, occasionally a Fiat. Just cool stuff. Big bore, small bore. I mean, you name it, it's up there. There's some prototype cars. There's some funky stuff. But the neat thing about HSR is, is you can pretty much run what you brung. I mean, obviously, if you've got a real car that's got real history, racing history preferably, that's great. That's a good thing. But if you've got something that you built because your real 427 AC Cobra comp car is probably worth $3 bucks today. Well, maybe not that much. A little over a million, million and a half. Unless, of course, it's got real race history or it happened to be the uh, twin supercharged, twin carbureted, twin piped uh, Cobra that brought $5.5 million. Still, you don't want to damage it, so you'll just go ahead and uh, build yourself a clone. You can go out there and run. If you got a real Trans Am Boss 302, you can build yourself a replica. As long as the car passes tech, looks good, and you mind your gentlemanly manners on the road course, uh, you can have a lot of fun. It's a great racing organization. Be sure and check them out. HSR.com or HistoricSportsCarRacing.com. Big shout-out to my buddies Dave Hitton up there. And guess who's up there racing with the guys? Brian Johnson of ACDC, and one of these days we'll get him on the radio show. He's just real busy. He travels between here, the Carolinas, back to England, back to Sarasota, you know, talking about going on tour. So we'll keep you guys informed. Also, May 3rd through the 5th, up in Howie in the Hills. Guess where? That's just uh, on the other side of Mount Dora there, a little uh, east of, uh, I guess, 75 in Leesburg. And Festivals of Speed's got their big event coming on. And if you tune into our radio station on a weekly basis, you'll hear their great, fantastic commercials. And the voiceovers are done by Mr. Cedric Harris, who's our board engineer for the evening. How you doing, Cedric, again? 
Yeah, you know, just same old stuff. Same old stuff. Okay. Trying to trying to avoid this guy. The guy. Oh yeah. Hey, be sure and tune in later in the next hour. Artie Fletcher, the funniest guy in Pinellas County, in the state of Florida, and all across the Eastern Seaboard, and probably moving over to the Midwest because he's now staging his little uh, gig over in Indiana. I guess someplace over there near Evansville. But anyway, let's see. Oh yeah, another thing going on this weekend is Jeep Beach. Okay, I just found out about that from our good friends over at Jeff's Jeep Yard. Okay, that's at Daytona. That's the twenty fourth through the 28th i guess and that is a lot of fun there is it is put on by the uh mid florida jeep club and the four wheel magazine Uh, i'm sure you've seen that on the newsstands and that's a lot of fun that's that is a huge family deal i've i miss it every year because i've got scheduling conflicts but one of these days i'll make it over there one of these days i'll dig out uh my old uh i don't know where it went but somebody's got it gotta find my old cj5 v8 renegade Put that back on the road, and we'll have a lot of fun with that. Next week, we have a very special guest, but I'll tell you what. There's a big concert at the amphitheater in Tampa next week. Okay, May 3rd, 4th, 5th is the Funshine Festival, okay? And one of our previous alumni celebrities, because he's coming back on a show, is going to be playing there. Ted, Uncle Ted Nugent, okay? So he will be appearing May 4th, and it's called the Midwest Rock and Roll Express, and it features, obviously, Ted Nugent, REO Speedwagon, and Sticks. So if you get a chance, check it out. Next weekend, there's going to be a whole Bunch of bands, local bands and regional bands playing all weekend long. It should be a blast. We have, what else have we got? We got a uh, little piece of black vinyl that's spinning around on a disc over there. So maybe Cedric can uh, drop the needle in the groove, as he says. We'll be back here in a few minutes.
listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on Westway Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. To visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey, this is comedian, author, and most importantly, vintage race car driver Adam Carolla telling you I love nostalgic radio and cars. And we're back, and in case you just tuned in, this is live down here in Clearwater, Florida. Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I am your host, Robert. How are we doing, Sid? We're good. We're good. Okay. Anyway, hey, a couple things. I want to do a big shout-out to my buddy Dougie over at the Shine Shop. I you know, try to mention these guys every once in a while and give these guys a big shout-out and a thanks, because Dougie at the Shine Shop did a spectacular job. Every time I turn around and I roll out my banner over here, if you're looking at the video right now, we're live, obviously, and we're on screen. He just did an amazing job on this banner for me for uh, Nostalgic Radio Cars, featuring the mighty, the most powerful... 57 Thunderbird gasser on the planet. Of course, I'm a hot rod guy, so, you know, naturally we had to do that. And I'm a Ford guy. And I used to have a bird back in high school. So that's why we got the bird. Also, big shout out to my friend John and Mark over at Cop Cars Online. Give them a big uh, hello there. And uh, I should, probably should mention their phone number, shouldn't I? Anyway, the sign shop. Give Dougie a call down there at 727-392-4852. At 727-392-4852. Mark and John, Cop Cars Online. Okay, their number. Hey, they got some cool stuff in there the other day. In fact, they had a Magnum wagon in there, which I've been kind of uh, keeping my eye out for one of those. But they got a real pretty metallic black when they came in. I think it's like a 2008 or so. Got 50,000 miles on it. It's a pretty nice little piece, you know. They're kind of cool looking cars. This one had the aluminum wheels on it. Cop car edition. It's got the Hemi in it. Neat piece. But if you want a cop car, either a cruiser, either a charger or a truck or a, uh, some sort of an SUV that they get in that's uh, cop car edition, give them a shot down there. Cop cars online, 727-536-2677. That's 727-536. 5362677. And of course, I can't forget my friends over there, Forte's Automotive. Uh, actually, Forte's Inboard and Auto Connection. I always screw it up because it used to be Forte's Automotive. But anyway, Dom and his two sons, Anthony and Chris, do an excellent job fixing cars, classic cars. That's their primary business down there. But they also specialize in inboard boats. They sell ski boats. The ski boats, I think, are called Teague, T I G E, Teague, Teague. Something like that. But anyway, they're actually built right here in the United States out in Texas. So if you're in this water skiing, you might want to give these guys a call over there. That's Forte's Inboard and Auto Connection. Their number is 727-544-6440. 727-544-6440. I think that about does it for all my uh, shout outs and my hellos and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. My buddy's over at the Rib Shack Barbecue. You know, every Wednesday I go there and I get myself uh, a barbecue beef sandwich, some potato salad, a soda pop, and then, uh, some chips. And, uh, you know, they are right in downtown Largo. Check them out. It's got the world's greatest barbecue sauce. When you get out of your truck, even if you're driving down East Bay Drive, you know, if you're going eastbound or westbound, and you're within a couple of blocks, and you got your window rolled down, you can't help but smell that delicious barbecue. Just makes you want to turn your truck around, 
jump the median, which I do from time to time, and wheel into that place. Okay, get the guys over at the Rib Shack Barbecue. Big shout out and a hello. Their number is 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. Okay, so anyway... Hey, the phone's ringing. It could be our special guest for the evening. So we'll get him on the line here in a minute. We're going to play a little song uh, that he likes. We're going to play a little clip that he likes. And then I'm going to introduce our special guest for the evening. Okay, so sit tight, guys. We'll be right back. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hi, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you'd like to play golf, Magnolia Valley Golf Club is offering some specials this week. Give them a call up there at 727-847-2342. They have a 9-hole executive course and they have an 18-hole par 72. And they've got great food on the 19th hole. So call my friend Pete at 727-847-2342. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. 
This guy is legendary in Southern California, okay? Hangs out and works at SoCal Speed Shop, probably the most world-renowned speed shop in the world, actually. He's a hot rodder, a fabricator, a bike guy, and he's already hosted two TV shows, Hard Shine, and now the current host of Car Warriors. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show this evening, Jimmy Shine. Jimmy, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here, Robert. How are you, buddy? I'm <laughs> pretty good. Did I get it straight? Almost, huh? Yeah, I think you got it. It's, I got it. It's fine. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, how are you doing? How are things in Southern California, and how's SoCal Speed Shop doing? Uh, we're doing real good. We're real busy. Um, got a number of projects going on right now. They're all real fun ones. Uh, for some customers and some people and friends you might know, like Billy Gibbons, we've we got a real neat uh, 34-3 window coupe we're doing with him right now and exercising some pretty crazy ideas. Neat. Uh, you might have seen the video. They did a ZZ Top just came out with an, a new song on, on one of their albums called uh, I Got to Get Paid. It's actually, if you, you can get on YouTube, you can actually check it out. But we used uh, Billy's Coupe, filmed that out at El Mirage. And, yeah, it's a really neat car. I mean, we actually got it running and wired the day before the video shoot because Billy just had to have it out there for his video. So, That's kind cool. of a neat story. So tell us a little bit how you got into the whole car thing. I know your dad was uh, kind of into it, and so that it, is it kind of genetics with you? Well, God, Hereditary? Like a birth defect, don't you think? Yeah. Well, I call it a disease. You know, we're slave to cars. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was born into it, I would guess. You know, I would say uh, my, dad, uh, my dad was a hot rodder. He grew up in the San Gabriel Valley area, Temple City, went to Temple City High, had a number of drag cars and bikes. You know, pretty diverse, uh, eclectic. Is into many different things. That's just one of the things that I really kind of gravitated towards. Gosh, I guess as long as I can remember, anything mechanical. But uh, it's always have been o- over everything, be it motorcycles or, or boats or whatever. But cars have always been my thing. I've always really associated with them, and it, it goes back. It goes back to my early, early years. I think my mom still has pictures I drew when I was like three or four years old. That's that's what I focused on. Cars, cool. What was your first car? <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, it, it's funny because I, I remember the date and everything. It was four twenty seven eighty five was the day I bought my first car, and four twenty seven like a Ford. But uh, I bought a nineteen forty Willys pickup truck in nineteen eighty five for nine hundred and fifty dollars. All steel, all stock. I mean, it was it was kind of a hunk of junk. I mean, it was pretty rusted. But I got like two complete front steel clips for it, and that was my first car. It took me two years and two days to build that. I actually two years and two days. I I, I wrote everything down. I was kind of fanatical about it. But uh, four twenty seven eighty five, and the first day I drove it was four twenty nine eighty seven. Well, now those are two good numbers. For, see, I'm a Ford guy. I don't and know about it's you. almost exactly, what is it, 28 years ago now? Yeah. Is that how long it's been? Yeah. Am I doing my math right? I guess. I, I should know, be I'm, able to do math right, don't you think, by uh, now? Yeah, well, you know, nowadays everybody uses calculators, you know, so I don't know. We're just kind of guessing. I don't yeah. have a, <laughs> I'm, I'm doubling up on fingers over here. Is that what it is? Toes? Using toes, too, fingers, now? Fingers and toes, that's it. So well, you mentioned you referenced Ford, and you said 427, 429. I'm a Ford guy, so those are key numbers to me. But are you a Ford or Chevy guy, or does it matter? It doesn't matter. You know, I and everybody has their reasons, everybody has their favorites, but across the board, I, I mean, I like Fords, I like Chrysler, you know, I like GM, I like them all. It just depends on what it is, where it is, what it's doing. And I, 
you know, some guys are adamant about not having a Chev in their car or whatever. Well, that's up to you. There is no right or wrong. But For me personally, I, I like them all. I like them all. Well, let me ask you this. You know, while we're in a subject, and you're kind of a hot rodder, fabricator, builder, um, and you're kind of somewhat old school. So do you, like if you, like your car, your truck that you have, okay, um, you got a flathead in that thing, right? Oh, yeah. And that was an exercise of an idea. And I think I had that idea for that truck in my head since I was probably 17, 18 years old when I was driving my chopped Model A coupe to school. I, I had this idea for a, an early Ford pickup, and I wanted something really low slung and, and mean. But uh, I was really always kind of inspired by pre-war era vehicles. I like 20s and 30s cars, and for whatever reason, I really associated with, like, dry lakes. That's just something cool, California. It's something I kind of could see myself as being one of those guys back in those days, you know, back when it was, you know, SCTA and Resetta were the timing associations. But that, that truck is kind of my attempt if I was around in, let's say, 1946 when Alex Didius and Wally Parks and all the legends, the, the real legends, were out, you know, establishing this whole hot rod scene that we we almost take for granted today. But that's uh, kind of my interpretation of the car I would have built, I think, if I was back then, you know? Now, that truck that has... Sense. You sure? No, absolutely. That truck has a name. Tell us what the name is. Jimmy's truck. Jimmy's <laughs> truck. Well, so, somewhere it said bare naked. I was reading that. Oh, you know what? It's, people give... Things, names. I think Tony Thacker named it Bare Naked. I don't know. He's English. Okay. I love him, but he, he no, I don't call it Bare Naked. It's just Jimmy's truck. That's Jimmy's truck. to me. Now, there was an episode, uh, you were on a TV show uh, hosting uh, Hard Shine, and there was an episode with that truck in there, right? Oh, yeah. There was a couple episodes. Um, what we ended up doing, I want to say it was like screwing with an icon, because my truck's pretty well known. It's been around the world, magazines, and television, and such. But uh, actually, Pete Shapouris and I went round and round with it because, you know, even though the car's raw steel, and it's been that way, I started driving it. I, I, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. But, yeah, it was on TV a few times, and um, it's kind of a funny episode because, in my mind's eye, I'm, I'm going back to when I... I told you I had the idea in my head back when I was driving my Model A coupe that, uh, but I always had it visioned in my head that it was going to be black. Black, red wheels, red motor. Well, after it got on the cover of Rotter's Journal and some different magazines and television and stuff, it's kind of known as being this raw steel vehicle. But it was never my uh, intention to leave it that way. So it's a... I was going to paint it. I was going to paint it. And you know what? It's my truck. I'll do whatever the hell I want with it. <laughs> you know, it's a, I want to complete my idea, my vision. And Pete told me, he's like, you know, it's like the California kid. You know, that car, it's going to be black and flamed. It is what it is forever. You ever try and take that car and change the color of it, take the flames off, you ruin it. It's already, you've lost possession of the car. You've lost the ability to change it. It's now owned by the public, because that's what people want to see, and that needs to stay that way. And, Andy, I can't dispute him, but I did, because it was kind of fun. Get him all <laughs> riled up. 
But well, uh, yeah. what, well, it's still it's still bare steel though, right? Oh yeah, uh, I ended up painting the chassis. Okay, uh, painting the chassis. My my friend Mike over at H and H Flatheads, we built a hot little little flat, you know, two hundred and seventy seven inch motor for it, and a, a couple things. Ron Mangus helped me out because we've been talking for years about doing the interior in the truck. I wanted to do something. Period. Once again, in my eye, uh, period for that era of a vehicle. So it's all old canvas. That's actually tent material that we found at an old surplus yard and cut up and made the interior out of it, and it all snaps in. So, like, if you're out in the desert and the thing gets dirty, you come home and you chuck it in your old lady's washing machine and clean it and snap it back in. So it's a few unique features, a few things I've changed, but uh, by and large, it's it's always the same vehicle. Who were some of your mentors or the guys that, you know, you mentioned Alex Exidius uh, and you mentioned Wally Parks. Who were some of the other guys that had, a, like, a huge influence on you that you kind of remember, you, you know, even from your childhood? Well, I don't know if I have any. I was inspired, you know, by many, many builders. I mean, I was an avid reader of Hot Rod Magazine and, you know, Surfing Magazine. I mean, across the board, I've got a kind of a wide view of things I'm interested in. Um, but in the, in the hot rod world, I mean, Pete Shaporis, you know, Pete and Jake's. When I was a kid living in Temple City, we'd go down Las Tunas Boulevard and go by the shop and stop by there and look at cars. And I was a little kid at the time, you know, four years old, five years old. And I always knew who they were, who Pete and who Jake was. And I would say I would be, and it's kind of, you know, it's great that it worked out that you know, I've been working for Pete for. I don't want to say 16 years now. Wow, we've got a, we've got a long history together and been able to do a lot of fun things. But I, I'd say, by and large, I mean, number one would be Pete. Uh-huh. I have to say that, and that's I'm not kissing up to anybody either. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, but, uh, no, it, it, you know, once again, it's you know, uh, reading magazines about different people, different cars, and it's pretty pretty wide, pretty wide. Now, as far as cars, do you have a style that you like? I mean, obviously, we know you like the pre-war stuff, you know, in the 20s and 30s. Um, but, like, your car is kind of, I guess you would call that section-channeled, you know, and kind of explain to us a little bit how that works. I mean, I understand some of it, but i got a lot of listeners that are, may not be hot rodders, but they have an interest in it because it's curious. It's neat. Well, I'd have to say, you know, among many builders in the industry, everybody has their own unique styles. I can tell a Chip Foose car from a Troy Trepanier car, you know, from a Roy Brizio, you know, to a Pete Chaporis. I can tell the cars, you know, just by looking at them. I know who built them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I kind of lean more towards that pre-war era stuff. Uh, I guess so. I mean, I kind of like so many different vehicles. I'm really heavy into coupes. I like 50s, 60s drag cars. Okay. Um, I've never been much of a muscle car guy. Now, it's funny, you mentioned uh, uh, 50s, 60s drag cars. There's a blue 57 Chevrolet, and uh, is it Todd Haas car? Yeah, that one rings a bell. I think I remember something about that. You guys did that one, right. Well, that car, believe it or not, I saw that a couple of years ago here at a huge car show in Florida. Yeah, actually, Todd lives down in, uh, Os- does that it? sound right? Yeah, Osprey's right by Sarasota. Yep, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, okay. Todd lives down there, and uh, that was a that was a neat car too. Because Todd and I became buddies back in about two thousand three or four, going to Bonneville. We worked uh, uh, with uh, Mike Cook 
and a couple other guys went out to Bonneville and built some cars, and we ended up taking his 34 Ford Roadster that uh, Mike Cook originally built, and then we uh, got a deal with uh, General Motors. We started a, a racing campaign with them to do some land speed stuff. And uh, one of the cars that they sponsored, they chose to put this GM, uh, the Ecotec, four-cylinder, turbocharged on methanol, this little motor in Todd's uh, Todd's Roadster. And, uh, man, I get off track fast, don't I? Because we were talking about a 57. I'm already talking about Bonneville and Roadster. No, again, keep huh? going. You're doing just fine. That's fine. I'm following you. fine. <laughs> well, you asked me one question, but then it just spawns another idea. That's but cool. I am getting to the 57 Chevy, so just give me a minute here. Okay. Anyway, that's how I knew Todd. I uh, was going to Bonneville, and uh, we built a real neat roadster. actually drove the car to Bonneville, and uh, that's where the 57 came into play. Was That was his dad's car, and unfortunately, about a year and a half, two years earlier, uh, Todd's dad, Bob, had passed away. And so before he had passed away, uh, Bob and, and Todd had talked about doing a father-son project and turning the 57 into this you know, this mid-60s gasser. That's what they wanted to do. And unfortunately, Bob passed away. And But before that, Todd said, you know what, Dad, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that car. I'm going to do that car for you. So uh, we actually used the 57 Chevy. It was black at the time. We used that for a tow vehicle, and we had a push plate on the front of it to push Todd off in the Roadster. Um, so it was neat. We drove his Roadster up there. I don't know if you guys ever check out, like, the SoCal Speed Shop website but there's pictures of Todd's 34 mm-hmm. Roadster on there, red and white. Uh, we had a good time with that. We put the Ecotec motor in it, uh, flashed a calibration in the ECU to run it on gasoline, and we drove it 648 miles from the shop all the way to Bonneville. It was amazing. And then we just put uh, race tires on it, took the radiator out of it, and a few other you know, fairly minor modifications, and went out on the first pass, after driving the car to Bonneville, I remind you, 209 miles an hour. That's just something that most people never get to achieve. Hello? Yes, I'm. can you hear us? Jimmy, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What happened? I don't know. A little static, a little glitch, it happens. Every, it's radio, you know, oh. anything's possible. You're here. Oh, We're no, still live. fine. I'm just sitting here talking away, and it's like, <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Hang on no. a second. Go oh. Phone busted. <laughs> hey, you need a big Ford tool, you know, like a 40-pound hammer. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll fix anything. It's a mechanically operated swing press is what I call that. I like that. Mechanically operated swing press. There you go. But anyway, when so... When did I lose you? You lost me right when you did the 200 mile, 209 mile an hour. Oh, 209. Yeah. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. No, uh, that that's uh, that was neat. We It was a neat car. I got a million stories. I could talk for a week here. That's cool. But uh, we used the 57 as a, as a push vehicle, a tow vehicle, and... Todd's a real neat guy. You know, he's a, one of my really good friends down there in Osprey, Florida. And uh, his dad had passed away, the 57. That's what we were talking about, the gasser. Yep. Well, he qualified for the record. The record was only like 194, 195, and he went 209. So a car that we actually drove to Bonneville, he qualified at 209 miles an hour. And uh, we kind of figured, you know, fingers crossed, you know, we're going to go for the backup run in the morning. His, uh, we actually put his dad's ashes in the in the parachute. Really? Uh, so he knows if he's going to get this, you know, give his dad a give his dad a ride, a two hundred mile an hour ride. Which I mean, he had everybody tearing up. 
But we pushed off Todd, and he took off. And between the four and the five, he averaged 212 miles an hour, which qualified him for the record. And before he put his hand on the lever to pull the chute, he said, hey, this is for you, Dad. Pulls the chute, and, you know, his dad's ashes are, you know, launched at 212 miles an hour. And his dad is a big Bonneville guy and a heavy supporter of SCTA and all that. So that was a really neat story. And, you know, that whole weekend went well. Got Todd in the 200-mile-an-hour club and got his red hat. And, uh, well, we took the 57 back to the shop and started building the gasser like he promised his dad. So real good story, real good times. And the car ended up just being really, really bitching. It was. It is. I've seen it. I got pictures of it, matter of fact. Uh, let me ask you a question. Now, you've been in, strapped into a car, and you've set a couple records out there at Bonneville. And uh, uh, El, El, is it El Mirage? If you El Mirage, like? Dry Lake, yeah. yeah. So tell us yeah. about your experiences. What's it like when you're strapped into that car and you're going you know, as fast as you possibly can? Well, you know what? It's, uh, it's one of those experiences that uh, unless you do it, you can't really explain it. And I could think of some other ones, but we're going to stick to the car story right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, it's a remarkable feeling. Uh, not only is a, you know, to, to build your own vehicle and go out there and, and sit on top of this transmission, this motor that's just screaming. You know, it's not, it's different than drag racing. Drag racing is really over and, you know, 1,320 feet. It's really fast. You know, when you're sitting on top of a, a motor and transmission, you know, with your head in the wind, traveling over 200 miles an hour for five miles while that motor is singing at 9,000 RPM, it's a really, wow, this is taking a long time. I'm still going. And I'm still going really fast. It's a, it's an awesome experience on, on many different levels. The speed, uh, the people, the location. You know, places like El Mirage and Bonneville, that's, that's, that's hallowed ground. To be at these places, and it still looks the same. You look at pictures from the 30s, 40s, 50s, when guys were running El Mirage and uh, Bonneville. I mean, the scenery's still the same. If you take a black-and-white picture of one of our cars out there on the salt and you're standing next to it, you know, it looks the same. But to know that all those all these legends, you know, have, have come to these places and established all these records and started it for all of us, it's pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable. It's uh, something. If you haven't done it, you need to go. I'm planning. Uh, they, they do it every August. They have the uh, Bonneville Speed Week, don't they? Yeah, well, there's Speed Week in August. October is World Finals. World Finals is a four-day event. Okay. Uh, Speed Week is naturally Speed Week. It's seven days, and that's uh, mid-August. I forget the dates this year, but it's mid-August. I want to say 14th, 15th, something like that. Mm-hmm. It goes for a week, and everybody comes out. I mean, there's people that I'm sure you've seen, like, the world's fastest Indian. Yep. That was a pretty was good movie. movie. It was a real good movie. But uh, it's fairly accurate. I was blown away. It's like, this movie doesn't suck. <laughs> a lot of times they try and, like, you know, take uh, sports like surfing or, or racing or whatever, and it just, whatever they do. It they just, do a bad job. It never, it never comes across good. We had Arlen Ness on last year, and that was one of the, his favorite movies. He talked about that, um, The Fastest Indian. Yeah, it's a, it's a good flick. You have now, to check it out. When you uh, w- all right, so when you make a pass, you have to make two passes, right? So you got to go down one direction, then you got to come back, and then that becomes official. Is that the way it works with Bonneville? 
or El Mirage? Well, that's the way it did work for many, many years, um, up until, I want to say, 2004 or five, when uh, Nolan White was, unfortunately, lost his life there on the salt. Uh, the 80 Highway is about three, four miles from where our race course is, and that's on the border of Nevada and uh, Utah. So it used to be where you'd take off and you'd race one direction, and then you'd have an hour to turn around and come back and go the other direction on the same course. <coughs> Excuse me. But for reasons, of course, there's too many people. You know, there's a lot of people racing nowadays, and the starting lines get full of people that they decided that they'd do backup runs. If you qualified for a record run, instead of having an hour turnaround to come down the same course and run the opposite way, well, naturally, if there's still people racing, it kind of screws them out of their turn to run. So they ended up making it, you do return record runs in the morning. So if you qualified any time during the day, you go to impound, you get X amount of hours in the impound area to work on your car. Say it's four hours, I think is what it is. Four hours, and you have to be buttoned up, ready to rock, uh, and you can't touch it. An official comes by, seals a car. You're not allowed to touch it. And then in the morning, you go out there, and you run the opposite way on the track. Well, that's how it used to work. Unfortunately, these cars, you know, they keep going faster and faster. I said unfortunately, but fortunately, they're going faster. Unfortunately, sometimes they're hard to stop. And by having the course set, depending on conditions of the salt where the course actually is um nolan white came back doing about oh i want to say 422 miles an hour 420 something like that and uh lost all of his parachutes even his reserve chutes uh driving a streamliner at extreme speed and the thing uh, he tried to turn and scrub speed and being a streamliner it turns sideways, and it's called penciling. It says if you take, like, a pencil and roll it on your desk, um, and the G-forces, unfortunately, kind of killed them. The car stayed together, but... Anyway, so they don't do backup runs that way anymore. They We still run uh, the same direction on the course, but we wait until the following day, and you race in the morning. That's how it works. That's the long version of how that works. Okay. Um, now... Let's talk about your radio, your TV show a little bit, Car Warriors. We got about ten minutes left, and uh, tell us a little bit of how that came to fruition. And was it a concept that kind of spun out of of Hard Shine? Is that how that worked, or is this a completely new concept? Completely new concept, and uh, the show was created by some executives uh, at the network. And um, so, uh, TV. This is weird. <laughs> the, you know, like the whole hard shine, that was fun. That was a follow-along. We've, uh, between myself and Pete and some other people, we've got friends in the industry. And, um, you know, that's how we started putting together, like, you know, the hot rod build-off that we did about 10, 11, 12 years ago. And then that kind of spawned into uh, hard shine, where we, you know, had the apprentice kids come in and and work with them and, and, and put together these cars, one of which was that... Uh, uh, the blue 57 gasser. Um, it's it's funny how TV works. That that was a whole new concept, and I never thought I'd be sitting here on a telephone doing a radio interview talking about television. <laughs> it's it's such a byproduct. It's a you know it's like like myself or Pete or anybody. 
we build cars. We're hot rodders. We're racers. And um, not really sure how the whole TV thing came about, but it's been fun, and I can kind of do it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's 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 just a. It's something we do for fun. Television, something we do for fun, and the and the whole car warriors thing. And it kind of evolved. We did one season where uh, uh, we had three judges, and that was uh, Mad Mike from Pimp My Ride. Of course, you know George Barris. I think right. you've heard of him. Yeah, once or twice. Yeah, once or twice. Something to do with a bat, something or other. Yeah, he had something to do with a bat or a cat or a yeah. bat. I don't know. And something with monster, monster, something or other. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> We had a really good time doing that, and they changed the format of the show after the first season, and they actually shortened the build times and really focused on American, you know, American-made vehicles, which I thought was a pretty good call. Um, and, and these guys were building these cars in 48 hours, which is a real trick, a real trick. And, you know, you think, what kind of car can you really build in 48 hours? Not a whole lot of time. But if you've got the right... Uh, the right parts, the right pieces, the right tools, the right people, you can actually do a pretty good job. You know, the cars we'd, uh, we'd bring in, like, we had, like, two 67 Pontiac Le Mans, and uh, nice cars, nice cars, and, and for the purposes of television, and it's a real build show. There's, it's not fake. There's nothing fake about it. Um, we give the guy, you know, each team gets a car, and they're, as identical as you can possibly make them. All the bodies have been, like, pre-surfaced and primered, sealed. Everything is on the same parallel, so nobody has any real advantage over either either vehicle, whatever team, you know, gets whatever car. But, uh, you know, you, you have to do motors, transmission, uh, wheels, tires, brakes, paint, interior. That's the meat and potatoes of it. You know, of course, you got to do some wiring, and throw out some tricks that you can do, kind of show off, you know, what what you guys are capable of, what your team specializes in. But these guys were actually building these cars in 48 hours, and it's consecutive hours, which, I don't know, sometimes or a couple of times I talked to guys, and I just had to laugh. Guys, you know, it's like, all right, we're going to start. You guys ready? We're all geared up. You know, everything is in the shop. You know, we're going to start the time. And they're like, great. So how many hours are we going to work today? Eight hours or ten? <laughs> um, no, did, did you understand what we were talking about? How it's a 48-hour build? And they're, yeah. <laughs> you realize it's consecutive. Well, but, but it's TV, right? We're not really going to have to do that. And well, you're in for a rude awakening, buddy. Here it comes. Wow. So was, that only happened a few times, and I really got a really got a charge out of that. I thought that was fun. How do you pick? This the, is going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to hurt. Yeah. How do you pick the people that are going to come on and, and the, the contenders, so to speak, the contestants, or which way you want to um, call them? That's actually done. You know, we've got the internet now, and okay. I tell you what, that really broadens horizons, and it makes it easy. You know, it's uh, all advertised via the internet, and um, basically, people have to submit videos of uh, their team. You know, okay. be it, you know, and just like any shop, I don't expect them to do everything in-house. You're not going to have a, a motor shop and, you know, a guy that does upholstery. But, you know, it's like a shop like any of ours where, you know, like at SoCal, you know, we do everything here. We paint in-house. But when it comes to upholstery, we send it out to, like, Gabe Lopez. So then, you know, these guys, they, they put together a team. 
they don't necessarily need to be under one roof, but they need to be, you know, established guys. Right. So they, they, they interview, and uh, it all starts out with a, with a video submitted, and then whether or not, you know, we like them. You know, they, they appear to have the talent. Then it goes to the next stage where you start doing personal interviews and bringing the guys in or, or actually traveling to go see the guys in other states. You know, send out a producer to go or, a, or an engineer to go out and talk to them and see if these guys, what kind of work they do. You know, are they, do we think, we don't want anybody to come on TV that is going to fail. Right. Don't want to see that. But it does happen. But you want to go out there and find people that can be competitive. You know, this isn't just backyard dudes. You guys got to come out here, be on your game, know what to do, be organized, and make it happen. You know, I want you guys to make me look good as well as make you look good. I want to see some fine stuff, you know, now the, shown on TV. The facility there where, the, where the, the studio, the setup there, is it basically fully stocked? I mean, parts, equipment, tools, everything that these guys need is right there furnished for them, correct? That is a really good question, and you know what? Uh, it's an amazing production because you figure, you know, all these cars. You know, we, let's say you know one week we're doing Camaros, okay, and then the next week our next build is going to be '69 Chevy trucks. Well, all those parts we have in those parts in the in the parts cage. You know, we've got it's got to be for that vehicle. There's no sense in taking up space. So every week, I mean, that whole cage is completely gutted and then restocked with whatever we need, the, the, the tires from Hankook, uh, the transmissions, the engines. It has to, you know, apply to those vehicles that we're building for, for, that, uh, for that competition. So it's, it's uh, you, think, you, you think about it, there's any time there's anywhere from like 12 to like 18 cameras running and people behind the scenes to just keep that stuff going. And they're working on next week's, you know, uh, competition well, we're just working on this week's. You know, they're getting stuff loaded into the back of the shop and new parts and lining up the vehicles. And it's uh, lo- logistically, it's a nightmare. Wow, it's uh, something to behold. It's something uh, really neat to see. It's a big machine to make that stuff work. And you know, the guys that were really behind that that really made that happen. And I, I you know, Jeff Allen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was yeah, on a show Jeff, last week. Jeff was a big part of that. He was behind the scenes, but he really put together all the parts and the cars and the tools and making sure that the, the, the teams come in to compete and they had the right stuff. And Perry Barnt, Perry's just, that guy's just a magic man. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he just keeps so many things so balanced and, and moving so smooth. But, uh, real impressed with those guys. Well, the question on everybody's mind, and I think you pretty much answered it, is, that I mean, do they really get these cars done in 48 hours? And and, and up to your expectation, and what percentage of the car is really truly done? I mean, would you say is it like 85 percent, 90 percent complete, 100 percent complete? Uh, tell us that. None of them are 100 percent complete. Okay. There's just no way. There's okay. just no way you're going to get that done. Um, you know, it's every every car is different. They all have their idiosyncrasies. Uh, some teams, let's face it, some are better than others. That's why you win and you lose. Mm-hmm. But um, some of the cars I was had really high hopes for and I was really disappointed with, by and large, I'm not going to necessarily beat on people for trying their best. You know, it's easy to beat somebody down. Sometimes it's a little harder to find something and say something good. And, you know, it's, we want to promote this industry and we want to, you know, we, I, 
we all, mm-hmm. you know, we want to encourage people to go out there and, and work on their cars and, and do better work and get better, learn more, do more. But uh, some of the cars were a lot less than I had, uh, had expected. And uh, I tell you what, if, uh, you know, anybody, you know, that watched the, watch the show, the most impressive build, uh, the most impressive build was LNG Enterprises um, with the girl that uh, headed up the whole team and Teresa Contreras, and she was just a bulldog. And she headed up that whole team, and they did a 69 Chevy truck. And you want to talk about complete? I mean, I think there was a couple wires missing under the dash, but the thing was a complete body off, chassis painted, suspension, uh, big block Chevy, motor trans. The inside the engine bay, they, they actually two-toned the firewall, the inner fender panels, the interior, bed, everything. I was blown away. That was, hands down, the most impressive build <laughs> and I don't know, how, let's say we did like, what, 22, 22 cars in that season, and I think we did 22 or 24 cars the prior season. Out of all of them, that was the gnarliest one, and that was like, okay, I'm going to a little bit of doubt here, self-doubt, but I'll, I'll say 98% done. Wow. Jimmy, we are just about out of time, but I want to thank you very much for coming on the show this evening. Uh, if you want to go ahead and plug your website real quick, go ahead and do that. And would you be willing to come on again sometime? Yeah, let me think about it. Come on, we okay, got to talk yeah, about we got to talk about surfing and motorcycles. We didn't get through half the stuff, but uh, go ahead and plug your website. It's, it's jimmyshine.com, right? It's jimmyshine.com or socalspeedshop.com. My my website's a little rusty cuz I do other things like build cars and <laughs> work on a website. But, uh, yeah, yeah, check it out. Um, we got a lot of good stuff on our SoCal Speed Shop website, so okay. get after it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to do this again. Super. Well, I'll probably see you. I know I'll be out at SEMA. I may make it to Bonneville. I might make it to Monterey. In the meantime, I want to thank my special guest, Jimmy Shine, and be sure and tune into his weekly show on Speed Channel. Car Warriors, okay, don't forget to check out his website, jimmyshine.com. Don't forget to check out SoCal. In fact, they're on our resource page on GulfstreamMotorsports.com on our website. And next week, our special guest is Ted the Mighty Nugent. He's going to be rocking and rolling for us. Okay, don't forget, he's got that concert next weekend. And uh, everybody else, I want you to stay safe, drive carefully, love your family, and we'll see you at some of the car shows. And get into the car hobby. It's a great hobby. It's a great sport. It's definitely for everybody in the family, guys, girls alike, moms, dad. You know what? It's a blast. We'll see you guys. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dave City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Denver Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.